Hello, welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast where we share stories, insights and strategies that go beyond some of the numbers we encounter in our work life. I'm Susan Lee-Trivon. I work with organisations who put people first. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. And together with my guests, we place a lens on and focus in on the people side of work life. Because we know that it is people who do the work, not numbers. And if we are treated well, we will perform well and might even generate better numbers. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Life Beyond the Numbers. I've gone a bit rogue this week and I mean I I suppose that's the beauty of having your own podcast isn't it you can you can pretty much do different things and experiment and see what people enjoy or don't enjoy part of the the fun of the podcast is talking to different people about how they found joy in their work life or how they discovered something that set them free or helped them feel free or expanded their choices about what life and work life might bring or might be possible. And I love talking to people. (laughs) Maybe it's the Irish in me, that gift of the gab whatever but sitting down having that wonderful dialogue that conversation with another person is often magical and some of the conversations stay with me for a long time some I listen to over and over again in fact I sent an email to one previous guest this morning saying I think I pretty much know the words of that interview off by heart I've I've gone over it so many times and maybe that's what I've found doing this podcast is often the guests that I speak with are people that that I need to speak with at a particular point in my life and hopefully that extends to the listeners that some of the guests are sharing nuggets that are useful or helpful or provoke a different perspective on your own work life. And something I've resisted, I would say, or procrastinated about, I mean, there's so many different ways of of saying it, and I'm, (laughs) I'm not trying to excuse myself at all here, but I have wanted to do a solo episode for I don't know how long now. And it's something that I've really, really struggled with or battled with or found daunting. It's like a tension. It's 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 hard to describe, but my intellect 
Yeah. So my brain, my mind, whichever way you want to look at it, but I know I can do this. Yeah. I'm perfectly capable. I love nothing more than standing up in front of a group of people and speaking or running a workshop or doing a speech at Toastmasters, whatever it might be. I'm in my element. I come alive. Yet the thought and I think that's it, isn't it? The thought of doing this alone somehow overpowers me and manifests itself often physically. And what I mean by that is my throat becomes constricted, almost like something is something, me, almost like I'm stopping myself from speaking. And I look back earlier this year, I looked back on my, I wrote in my journal about doing a solo episode, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> when I looked back at previous entries and I'm pretty much saying the same thing over and over again. And that for me is the power of journaling because sometimes when we are in our own heads, we forget the stuff that we thought about a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. And it also made me think that at work, one of the things that used to always go down on my performance appraisals over the years was, you don't speak up enough in meetings. <laughs> and I put on a funny voice when I say that, but it was true. And... <sighs> There's no point in sitting here now trying to figure out why that was or anything like that. But what I did do earlier this year was I made a pact with myself that I was going to overcome this, that I was going to change that narrative. I was going to change my thinking patterns. And I had to get help to do that. It wasn't something I could do with myself. I recognized that and I did. And I found some amazing people and some people came along like books that I've read in particular, Heart, Sass and Soul by Greta Solomon. Greta has a way of helping you open up a little bit more to yourself and I'm not finished with this book yet, but it has had a profound impact on me and my voice. Also, I've been doing some courses, The Power of Presence, The Power of Embodied Transformation, and I got introduced to someone I'd never heard of, and now I can't believe that, a guy called David White, who well, I've read his book, Consolations, The Solace, Nourishment and Underlying Meaning of Everyday Words. But amazingly, he was also one of the teachers on the Power of Presence course. And I've learned so much by listening to his words and reading his words. Sometimes it's just amazing how the right people show up at the right time or no, no, no. Something you may have heard a hundred times before just suddenly clicks. And then I also read this book 
I'm always reading. Okay, so <laughs> don't worry about that. I am always reading. But I read another book called Cassandra Speaks. This was a recommendation by Nat Hunter, who was on episode 82, Nat the Edgewalker. Cassandra Speaks, when women are the storytellers, the human story changes. And it's by a woman called Elizabeth Lesser. And it pretty much blew my mind reading this book. And actually, it was more like a call to action, more of a call to action than I felt from most other books I've read. And again, I guess something unlocked. But voice, voice is something I advocate for all the time. It's something the majority of us have. And if you listen to episode 84, the sibling special, you'll hear me talk about how our sister Aoife, who died at 33, was severely mentally and physically disabled, never took a single step, nor uttered a single word in her life. And for me, I can't take my voice for granted. And it, that's not just a written voice, it's also a spoken voice. Like, speak up, speak out, speak. So today, I thought I would just speak from the heart about voice, about my own, whether it's an insecurity, a level of doubt, a lack of confidence. I'm not really sure what it is. It doesn't really matter. I don't need a label for it. I just need to know that the hold it's had on me has softened. But I look back on, on the theme that I write about a lot and it, and it comes to voice. And on World Voice Day last year, I seem to have missed it this year. I'm not really sure how I did that. But last year on World Voice Day, I posted this on LinkedIn. Someone once told me that you can tolerate difficult work environments as long as you have a voice. I've always been one to speak up and to speak out. It's gotten me into trouble. That didn't stop me. I learned to pick my battles. At times I've spoken for people who felt unable to use their voice. None of us deserves to be silenced. Our words matter. Our voice matters. Voice is a critical part of effective communication. We don't need a loud voice to be heard. We only need to speak to be heard. I had a sister who, in her 33 years of life, never spoke a single word. I believe that our voice is a gift. We must use it. Some of my most stressful times have been when I felt I didn't have a voice. Although I always had a voice, at times it felt like nobody was listening, interested, cared or understood. Or maybe they just didn't like what I had to say. The aim of World Voice Day is to show the enormous value of voice in our daily lives. Everyone has a voice. Use yours. 
and let others use theirs. Now, poetry is one of those things that I generally would turn my nose off at. And it's probably from school more than anything else. And yeah, and I, I don't know what it is, but it's a way of expressing how you feel with very little words. And maybe the power of it sometimes is, is what's, what your interpretation of those words is. And Greta talks about a poetry prescription in her book, which I just turned my nose up to quite frankly. But after coming across David White, it, it just, like I said, unlocked something. And a couple of weeks ago, I was out for a walk. And suddenly these words just started coming into my head. And I was like, then, oh my God, this sounds like poetry. And I got home and I started to write. And in no time at all, I had written a poem. I mean, I'm going to use that term poem because I guess it's a term for this type of writing. And today I'm going to share that poem. And this feels quite scary because it's personal, but there's also something cathartic about just doing this. And you know, as I do this now, as I'm, as I'm talking to you now, I don't feel a constriction in my throat. In fact, what I feel is an element of excitement. As we would say in Ireland, which is kind of like something is bubbling up inside waiting to come out and in a in a way that's invigorating now i've made a couple of minor changes to this poem but pretty much this is what i wrote when i came back from my walk that day and sat at my kitchen table, took out a pen and a scrappy piece of paper, as Alison Jones would say, just a scrappy piece of paper. It doesn't need to be a brand new notebook and go for it. And <laughs> as I look at it now on the page in front of me, I go, oh my God, I don't even have a title for it. But this was inspired by Kerry, who told me to start close in. And that is a poem by David White. So I listened to David White and I started close in. Nobody cares what you think, whispers a voice deep within. So deep I needed help from my ancestors to hear it. Yet it has roamed freely questioning my motives, erecting walls, silencing my heart, stopping me in my tracks. It is only trying to protect me. And it wasn't the voice that was buried, but my dreams and desires. Play it safe, stay quiet, keep your opinion to yourself. 
No one cares. But I care. I care deeply. And the times I really cared, I dared. I said what I felt needed to be said when it mattered, and often in the service of others. To protect others from a similar fate or a fate they didn't deserve. To wrong a right, challenge an injustice, to play fair. And then I'd retreat. Now I choose to use my voice on demand. Not only when it is urgent, but still in the service of others. And if no one cares, well, that's fine too. I'll survive. I'll even thrive. But maybe, just maybe, hearing what I think will help others uncover what they think and help them find their voice. And in the meantime, I'll meet my voice deep inside with compassion and let it know it's okay to rest. To rest knowing that its job here is done. And I'll thank that voice for keeping me safe and assure it I'm ready to face the anguish. I love you. I needed you. And if you love me, you'll set me free. I'm ready to speak. And amazingly enough, I have tears in my eyes now and a bit of a quiver in my voice. And you know what? That's okay. I survived. I also haven't put this episode out yet and I may change my mind. So if you've listened to it, if you've caught this far, I've overcome the procrastination. I haven't overcome it, but I've certainly started to change the narrative, change the thinking, change the feeling, embody something else. I can now embody a sense of satisfaction, of joy, of courage. And courage comes from well, the French for courage is cœur, which is heart. So courage takes heart. And I've also got a short story that I wrote. It's about eight, nine minutes long. So maybe it's not that short, <laughs> but it is quite short. And it's about using your voice at work. It's something I wrote less than a year ago. And again, I've never shared it. Well, no, I did share it in the group that I was part of at the time when writing. And I can remember one piece of feedback was, Susan, you've been holding back on us. So it's time to no longer hold back. In the future, I plan on doing solo podcast episodes. If there's a particular topic you'd like to hear about, you'd like me to research, investigate, dig into, please let me know. 
I'm always happy to go down that rabbit hole and bring stuff to the world that's of use. But in the meantime, I'll hand you over to this short story. I recorded this a couple of months ago when I was doing a course. And so the, the sound might be slightly different. However, when it comes to the end, that will be the end of the episode. So as always, thank you for listening. Enjoy the short story. And I know I'll be back again. So there I was standing in this office along with the head of HR and our boss. The head of HR and I were trying to convince our boss to convince the chief executive not to go ahead with his plan. It wouldn't work. It was the wrong course of action. It was a, the wrong time of year. I mean, it was almost Christmas time. Making cuts now with staff morale the way it was, it wouldn't work. We knew we had a window of opportunity in this office. I mean, he'd just never find us there because he never left his own office. He preferred to summon people to him. And then, just like out of the corner of my eye, I felt a shadow. And there he was on the other side of the glass door. Are you kidding me? And as he put his hand on the door handle and started to turn and walk in, I needed to control my facial expressions. I was glad I was standing against the wall. Fear was gripping me. He wasn't somebody that you spoke out against or to. He basically did what he said. It was his way or the highway. He asked for an update. Where were we? Now, a couple of hours earlier, I'd been in the office of another director and we'd been talking about this plan and she was so against it. Two of her staff were on the list to lose their jobs. Two staff she said she couldn't do without. And there were other bad decisions, decisions that we had never discussed. How did these people end up on his list? She was pleading with me to convince our boss, to convince the chief executive that his plan wouldn't work. There was silence in the room as he waited for an update and no one said anything. And we hadn't had time to really hatch a plan. We looked to our boss and she was like a rabbit in the headlights. I mean, she, she wasn't going to be any use to anyone. And somewhere deep inside, I just felt compelled to speak. Now, I was gripped by fear, I really was. My stomach was clenched, my throat was constricted. I mean, this guy fired people for less. But in that moment, I knew I had to say something because if I didn't say anything, 
nothing would ever change. And you know what? If I lost my job, I lost my job. Could I live with it if I never said anything? And kind of as if by magic and out of the depth of somewhere, I heard myself say, it's not going to work. And there was like deadly silence. You know, the kind of silence when you just hope the ground is going to open up and swallow you. And those voices in my head were still screaming at me, run, 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 be quiet, say no more. He looked sideways. No one came to my rescue. And, you know, we have this saying in Ireland, you might as well be hung for a sheep as for a lamb. And it was a bit like that in that moment. I thought, you know what? I've started, so I'll finish. I must keep going. I have to say something. And so I explained what the impact of this plan would have on the people involved, the organisation, on everything that we've been working towards. I also explained the timing wasn't really the best and it would be better if we revisited it early in the next year. At least that's what I think I said, because to be perfectly honest with you, I have absolutely no recollection of what I said. All I know is I must have said stuff like that. And you know what? He didn't become combative. In fact, he kind of nodded along and said, okay, Susan, let's put it all on hold. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw the head of HR silently mouth, And then I was back at my desk. Oh, my shoulders. I mean, I've just never felt anything like how my shoulders were that day. I do weightlifting. And if you know what it's like to lift the iron bar, or if you've ever jumped over a gate or something like that, that's made of iron. That's how my shoulders were. I was in shock. I, I really didn't know what to do next. I'd survived, but had I, I mean, maybe he would come back at me the next day. All of these thoughts are going through my head. And then one of my colleagues was standing alongside me. Funnily enough, her name had been on the list. And unusually for her, she put her hands on my shoulders and started to massage. And she said to me, you know, that level of stress is no good for anyone. I know, I said, I said, it's just temporary. There's something going on and I think it's all dealt with now. I'll relax, don't worry. That kind of stress does take time to get over, but I also felt an immense feeling of, I suppose pride maybe is the right term. A sense of achievement, I had stood up to 
somebody that everybody feared. And I had said what was on my mind. And not only that, I had brought about change. I mean, it is true what they say that every voice counts. Every voice matters. I was living proof. My dad's words were going through my head earlier that day. He'd always said to us as when we were growing up, never be afraid to stand up to authority. Just because somebody's in a position of authority, it doesn't mean that they're right or that they actually know what they're doing. And having been in a position of authority several times myself, I know that's true. But often as leaders, we need to make decisions and we make them, we make the best decision we can at the time. And if we don't hear other people's voices, if people don't speak up, how do we know that it's not the right decision or the right time? I still struggle at times to speak what's on my mind or use my voice in the right way. But I know when I need to use my voice, I can. Can you? Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know who would enjoy it too. I believe we are all entitled to enjoy our work and the future of work life will be changed by those who put people first and create more fulfilling work lives for themselves, their colleagues, their teams and organisations. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to have covered, guests you'd like to hear from or questions for me, please drop a line to Susan at beyond-thenumbers.com And finally, please consider leaving a review.